you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, back together. Buck, what's going on, man? No, man. Like, we're getting closer, DJ. We have the final week of the preseason ahead. Uh, I think some teams are going to play their starters in week three of the preseason, so we'll get finally get a, a chance. Aaron Rodgers, man. Here we go. Yeah, finally get a chance to see what some of these teams look like. And before you know it, man, the regular season is going to kick off. So I'm really excited, man. We're, we're there. We're here. Yeah. We, we have made it. Um, today on the show, we're going to have some fun discussions about little wide receivers. Is this a thing now? Um, we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to elaborate a little bit on what we've talked about previously in terms of young quarterbacks, experience and age being key in terms of determining mm-hmm. what type of early success uh, those guys will have. We'll have those conversations. Um, but I, I want to start out here at the top, Buck. It's always, it's always fun to kind of go over what you learned from the game you were at. Um, so we each had a game this week. Yeah, you had Jags game. I had the Charger game. So uh, maybe a takeaway from your game could be Jags related. Anything you saw out there, what was it? So what was great about the week, uh, the Jags and the Lions got together. They had joint practices. They had two practices. The first one was a real padded physical affair. The second one was uh, not padded, kind of not, not a walkthrough, but just like a little dial back. And then they played the game. 
And what I learned in talking to Doug, he just talked about the importance of putting your starters in those practices because you almost get game-like intensity, but in a controlled environment where you can get good quality work and maybe not put some of your best, better players in a risky situation. Uh, what I learned in watching the game, hey, man, Tank Bigsby I know. is legit, man. Hey, DJ, he is he is unique in terms of he's a downhill runner who has pitter-pat and great vision. Uh, I know it's a preseason game, but you don't see running backs have 70 yards on 12 carries following a game in which you had like 57 on a handful of carries the week before. And it's apparent that the Jags have a plan in place for him to be a physical thing, a, a physical presence, a downhill back. I compliment to Travis Etienne. And if you go back and you look at Peterson's history and what they did in Philadelphia, he's always kind of wanted that that physical back, whether it was a Corey Clement or LeGarrette Blunt. Tank Bisbee falls somewhere in between. And so Travis Etienne is a huge part of the puzzle, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tank Bixby play a lot and a lot as a runner because his physicality as a downhill player changes a little bit of that, that offense. Yeah, I, I had a uh, – and I had texted you about this, but I had a fantasy draft of, with all the high school buddies I've played with forever for over 20 years. There's 14 teams in this bad boy, and I took two Jags. I took Calvin Ridley really early, like in the third round. So I went oh, in yeah. on that one. And then I took Bigsby. I got Bigsby you know, pretty late, so I was, I was fired up about that. But I went back and looked up my notes, but because I love – this is one of those times of year when like you watch a player – you kind of see what you see. I listen to what you're saying, what you see. And then I like to go back to my notes of what I saw on him and what I said about him when he was picked. So I'm going back to my notes on him. Um, he was 210 pounds, Buck. He ran four, five, six. He had 30 catches. I said, this is an aggressive runner. He's got bounce and burst. He runs through contact. He's got stop, start quicks. He's excellent after the catch. I said, this is a really fun player to watch. And just kind of hearing you talk about what you've seen in person of him live, it sounds like that's kind of who he is. That is who he is. And so let's do the compare and contrast game. Okay, so the Jaguars have taken running backs in back-to-back years. They took Snoop Connor last year yeah. from uh, Ole Miss. They took him, and he was expected to be the big physical back. And then they took Tank Bixby this year. Mm-hmm. DJ, there's a difference in terms of not only stylistically, but I'm talking about the violence with which yeah. Tank Bixby plays. Yeah. He is a, an aggressive downhill runner, and he combines that with the ability to jump in and out of lanes. And so he jumped outside, makes a big run, and you're like, ooh, that's a different club in the back. He's not just uh, the Clydesdale with blinders on, just going straight ahead. Like, it is a it's a different thing. And I think not that he will remove Travis Etienne, but he can put some pressure on Travis Etienne to know that, hey, man, I got to be able to do some of these things or put pressure on the coaching staff to divvy up the workload to make these guys have very distinct roles. And some games – Hey, this role is going to play a greater part of the game plan than the other role. And so Bigsby can make it very, very uh, challenging on the coach set to figure out who to play, but he can also enhance this offense a ton. No doubt. Anybody on the other side stand out to you at all with Detroit, what you saw from them? Uh, so James Houston uh, continues to be a guy that can get around the quarterback, get active. Now, he's a little feisty. He might have cost him a little bit. I think he might have had a penalty, uh, unsportsmanlike, because it was chippy between the Lions and the Jags. And the backdrop was last year when Jacksonville went up to Detroit, the Lions pummeled him. I mean, mm-hmm. beat them into submission. And so, you know, whenever you have a situation like that, the next summer when you see each other, um, it was going to be a little uh, payback. I will say this about the Lions. I really like their organization in terms of like what they're trying to get done, 
I like how they're trying to put together the defense because if the defense can just kind of rise to the middle of the pack, offensively, they're good. They didn't have mm-hmm. a good showing against the Jaguars, but they certainly have some weapons when they have their ones that can give you problems. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, it's again, you get to these preseason games. I don't try and make these big sweeping conclusions, but I think you can learn about some individual players. I think what Bucky just did right there is a great example. You get a chance. Okay, Tank Bigsby, here's what we saw. Here's what we thought of him coming out. Here's who he is. Here's what he's done. Uh, I think about Houston, what he looks like, you know, last year, and now it looks like he's continuing that on and his growth and development. I'll give you uh, two names from the Charger game. So it was at the Charger game last night. Weird day, man. Uh, literally driving through a tropical storm, I guess is what yeah. it, you know, it was. It was raining like a big dog. So I'm driving through a tropical storm, and then you get in the stadium, me and Money are up there uh in pregame there's an earthquake the whole stadium sofa is shaking like what in the world's going on around here man but um anyway so at that game seeing the saints and the chargers chargers side of things uh dayon henley mm. uh, linebacker from washington state i'm sure you probably knew about him oh yeah going back to high school at crenshaw yeah. but he uh yeah. you know he's somebody that was a former wideout and then was at nevada you know then had a really good run as a linebacker there then he follows a coach of his to washington state played great there Buck, there's a different speed that he plays with, and it's combined with instincts. I, I said it on the broadcast uh, last night. I think he had nine tackles. But a lot of times in linebackers, you see guys that can really go. They're explosive. They got juice. They're dynamic. And then you see guys who are really instinctive. They can sit, They can see it before everybody else. They can slip around blocks. They can beat guys to spots, and they're tackle collectors. This dude has a chance to be both. Like he he sees it, he trusts his eyes, and he goes. And when he he shoots his gun, man, he explodes uh, with tremendous range. He's kind of reminding me of those. You know, LSU kept turning out linebacker after linebacker after linebacker. He's in that vein of those like guys that could just really fly. You know, and so it's it's so funny because we're almost at a crossroads in the league when it comes to the linebacker position. What do we want? Do we want the tweeners that have the speed, the explosiveness, the pack or the coverage ability that you need to be able to match up with some of the running backs and slot receivers? Or do you still want that physical presence that can be a factor against the running game? Um, when you see a guy like Henley, it is all about the speed, the burst, the explosiveness. And I would say for the Chargers in the way that Brandon Staley wants to play, he's a nice fit because it's about tweaking the way that you align the front line to make things bounce to the perimeter and run it down with your speed and explosive and the numbers coming from the back end coming up to, to support the run. And so it's just an interesting thing to watch and I can't wait to watch it play out, but he certainly seems like those new school linebackers that are finding their niche in the league. And I also would say with the matchups that you have to, you know, you go up against each and every week in the AFC, especially all the different athletes you got to face. Like you could, I, I'll, I'll say this, if you go out to warmups, and if you went out to warmups and they put Dayon Henley in the safety group and watched him go through warmups, you'd be like, okay, that okay. works. If you went out yeah. to warmups and watched Derwin James go through the linebacker drills, same you'd be thing. Like, okay, I get it. Like they're they're getting some of these interchangeable parts here and these pieces that you can move around when one week you've got to deal with a Kelsey, the next week, you know, you've got the Bengals and their three wideouts and what they're doing. The next week, uh, you might be facing, you know, a, a Raider team that wants to just go downhill and bludgeon you. You've got to be able to have players that can do different things in different spots. And I think he's an example of kind of one of those new school chess pieces that you can use. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's great to have a handful of those. Now, you need to have maybe one thumper in the lineup if you face like a team that wants to go old school, a little more 12 personnel. But mm-hmm. in the AFC, one DJ, you, you better build your team to not only win the division, but to win the conference. And the one thing that we're seeing in the conference, quarterbacks galore. 
Oh, yeah. And so when you have quarterbacks, teams are going to be more likely to put the ball in the hands of the quarterback than a running back that's in a two-point stance behind. And so you need to have someone that can cover, someone that can handle the flex tight ends that are really prevalent in the AFC. You have to have these, these speedsters that can kind of run around and roam from numbers to numbers and make a ton of plays in the passing game while also showing that they're capable tacklers in the box. Yep. Uh, so he, that was my my takeaway on the Charger side. Uh, flip it over on the other side with the Saints. Uh, Kendry Miller, to talk about running backs, Yeah, you talked about Bigsby. Kendry Miller was a really good player. Remember, he gets hurt in the Michigan game. He was off to a good start in that semifinal. Doesn't get a chance to play mm-hmm. in the national championship game. I almost think if we got a chance maybe to see that one last glimpse of him because he's a gifted, he is a gifted, gifted runner. He caught he caught a ball down the field. Henley was actually in coverage all over him. He fully lays out, makes an unbelievable catch. He has a couple hard runs inside. Um, he's a good player. And with Alvin Kamara out for a few weeks to start the season, I think he gets, you know, he gets in the mix. And Jamal Williams still there. Uh, he'll mm-hmm. have his role. But to me, I thought, man, this is a this is a good find. And that kind of sweet spot of the draft is, man, that's it's a good spot to find a running back. It is a sweet, it's, it's a perfect spot to find a running back. And, you know, the Saints are a right now team. When you look at their roster and the age on their roster, they're, they're at that point where they need to have it, it needs to happen this year, next year, because mm-hmm. they're going to have to flip it and turn it over a little bit. So it's good to hear things about Kendrick Miller, because the one thing that we know, running backs can make immediate contributions coming right off the collegiate game, coming from the collegiate game to the pro game. It's not a big difference. Uh, I thought it was interesting because I heard. Dennis Allen talked about Peyton Turner and why yeah. Peyton Turner was a first round pick. What did you think about Peyton Turner when he was coming out? And did you get a chance to kind of put your eyes on him a little bit during that, that contest? Yeah, he had, he had a pressure um, in, in that game. He was, you know, when he was coming out, it was right after, I believe it was the year after Davenport. And so that was kind of the comparison of those two guys. And they ironically both end up being saints. Now Davenport's moved on to Minnesota, but big rugged, tweeners you know you're like gosh okay is he you know is he three technique is he gonna hang is he gonna hang outside okay is he just gonna be somebody that's gonna set the edge he's real long and strong powerful uh man you see all the the he's got all the twitch in his body but he's not a polished player he's not a polished pass rusher and you're kind of betting on that okay well he's got all this ability i go all you know go back in the way back to like a ziggy Ansa coming out and you're like okay it's not mm-hmm. all there but man he's got the frame he's got the juice he's got the explosiveness he'll figure it out and ziggy you know did had, had a nice career i think yeah, with peyton turner yeah. yeah i think with peyton turner they're kind of just waiting for that to click you know for that light to come on and i think some of those guys you got to understand you know another one would be rashawn gary you know rashawn gary had mm-hmm. all the all the tools but just wasn't really polished. And now before he got hurt last year, you said, oh, okay, the light came on you know, for him. Sometimes it just comes on a little later than others. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. Uh, I remember him coming out of Houston, and he was kind of a, I would say, a late riser of the boards, yeah. even though we don't rise like that. But I felt like he was kind of flying under the radar, and then the buzz picked up about him being a first-round pick and people liking mm-hmm. him and all the other stuff. The comparison to Marcus Davenport was very valid. And for the Saints to kind of take – players that are like that in uh, close proximity is, mm-hmm. is really interesting because they have a model that they're looking for at those positions for Turner to now kind of be as, as Dennis Allen is talking about, Hey, like this, there's a reason why we're seeing the flashes and the flashes are beginning to become more consistently. They need a complimentary rusher to take some of the pressure off of Cam Jordan. And if he's mm-hmm. able to do that, man, this defense has experience. Um, it has playmakers that know how to play the game at a high level. They may be on the back nine of their respective careers, 
But man, if you got some young guys that can just add a little juice so they don't have to be the guys 17 weeks, mm-hmm. now you have a chance to to make a run in the playoffs if you're able to get there. But offensively and defensively, it's a it's a a veteran laden team that should be able to find a way to win enough games to make to win that division. Yeah, that'd be an interesting uh research project. Maybe we, we give that to our buddy Jack Android, see if he can help us out on that one. But I'd be curious if we just did projected starters defensively, especially, I would think, gosh, this has to be the most one of the most experienced defenses in the league. And when you start looking at Honey Badger and Cam Jordan, um, you know, all, all three levels of this defense, they've got age and experience everywhere. Yeah, and and so that that experience allows you to do a bunch of different things. And so, um, if if I'm Dennis Allen, uh, you want to take advantage of that. You want to take advantage of some of the playmaking that you have uh, in place at those positions because it makes a huge difference, particularly think about the young quarterbacks that are in that division that you're playing against. You know, you have Desmond Ritter, you have Bryce Young. I mean, Baker Mayfield isn't young, but you should feel like, Hey, we can take advantage of some of his limitations. He's young in that system. He's young in that system. So, so you should have a leg up on the competition in that division just because you have guys who, Man, they, they're proven. I, I, Buck, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now, right? So you've got Cam Jordan, who's been around for a minute, right? You've got Demario Davis at linebacker. You've got Marcus May and Matthew at at safety. You've got Lattimore and Roby uh, in the secondary. Like those guys have played a lot of football. Now uh, you saw Brian Percy in that game flashed a little bit. They need to they need to get Isaiah Foskey going. Um, another rookie that kind of roll through and be a part of their deal. But um, yeah, there's. There's a lot of age. There's a lot of experience on that side of the ball. Yeah, a lot of age, a lot of experience. And so now you couple that with what they have on offense. I mean, DJ, I hadn't really thought of the Saints as um, the leader in the clubhouse in that division, but they have to be the leader in the clubhouse. When you look yeah. at their team and what they have. They're I mean, more they proven. Have, you know what you have. Yeah. yeah, they have pills on the wall. I would say the Panthers are intriguing because of some of the things that they have on defense. But right now, I mean – Offensively, that's going to be a work in progress there. Um, No doubt. I I think the Saints have to be the favorite. Um, All right, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. We're going to talk about what's going on with these young quarterbacks and if there's a code that we've cracked, uh, as well as is this this beginning to to, uh, introduce a new era at wide receiver of the little guy? Uh, We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, Buck, uh, this is something I love it when I'm thinking about something. You're already writing something and we get together and talk about what we're going to do on the show. And it's the exact same thing. So our minds have have gone to the same place with what we've seen in the preseason with some of the success of these quarterbacks. And I believe we've come to the same conclusion. Yeah, I think so. It's funny, man, these young quarterbacks and the guys that are playing well right away. Uh, it seems to be like some things we can follow the breadcrumbs. And kind of figure out what the differences are. Yeah, you think about age and experience. Um, if you look at the guys that have popped a little bit in the preseason, I mean, you can go right down the list, Buck. But when you look at them, these guys have played. Um, they've played a significant amount in college, or they're older, or they've been in college four or five years. But Aiden O'Connell has been the best quarterback in the preseason. Him and DTR, I mean, it's a toss-up, I guess, between those two guys. DTR started a zillion games at UCLA. Uh, Aiden O'Connell you know, was a long time in college, four or five years. So you get those guys with their experience and a little bit older. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise that they've handled this transition uh, better than some others. No, it shouldn't be a surprise. And so, DJ, in, in, in thinking about these guys, Aiden O'Connell and DTR, the one thing that struck me is entering the draft, everyone was looking for who's going to be the next Brock Purdy, right? Yeah. And if you go back and you look at Brock Purdy, one of the things that I, I found interesting in studying him is he fell well within what they call the, the Parcells rules, right? Bill Parcells, mm -hmm. longtime Hall of Fame coach. 
had these this criteria that he had set for quarterbacks. It was a four-year player, college graduate, three-year starter, uh, 30 career starts, 23 wins, uh, completion percentage of 60% or higher, and then he wanted a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He wanted that combination of experience and execution that you could track to be able to project out what a player would be. Going back to Brock Purdy, I think Brock Purdy had 47 starts at Iowa State. He had 32 wins. He had every record, like 32 rec- passing records at Iowa State. And so mm-hmm. when you think about his success in the league, well, maybe all of those uh, at-bats allowed him to be better prepared for the speed and some of the complexity of the pro game. We're looking into this year's draft, Aiden O'Connell and DTR, very, very similar. D- DTR particularly, his numbers are almost identical to Brock Purdy in terms of 48 starts, the number of wins, all the rec. He's like the all-time in everything, touchdowns, passing yards, total offense, all that at UCLA. And so you're beginning to see maybe the worm turn a little bit to, hey, man, maybe I want my quarterback to have played in college for a while before we say, hey, we're going to take this guy and maybe put him on the field. Yeah, DTR, I just pulled him up here. He played in 50 games. Uh, he started 48 games. I mean, he threw 1,359 passes, Buck. He threw for over 10,000 <laughs> yards. He rushed for eight, over 1,800 yards. And he's one, two, three, four, five years. You know, he's got five years of starting because of the COVID year. So um, he he played in parts of five seasons. And, and you go to Aiden O'Connell, and he's one who maybe didn't start as many games, but he also spent five years in college. So to me, he started, okay, he played in 33. He started 27 games. But he's somebody that's older. He's going to be 25, I believe. Yeah, he's going to be 25 in September. So it's it's a combination. We used to just look at the starts. To me, I think it's almost a combination. Of, okay, the starts, but maybe even just the time spent in college, four or five years. So you, that's a maturing time for you, not only as a football player, but as a human being. Um, so it's the time spent there as well as, as some of the experience that you have on the field. And, and when we think about starts, you're not thinking about if you're in college for five years, think about the practice reps. You know, you're getting practice reps against yeah. college players, which are more valuable than high school reps. Uh, so yeah. now you've got five years of that versus some of these other guys who have three years of that. It's an extra two years. It's an extra two years. How about this? I don't know if you paid attention, but Stetson Bennett has played pretty well in the preseason. Yes, I, and saw, we him, will, I saw him live. And yeah. we will. And we will temper expectations preseason. I know preseason, not that. But as an evaluator, you like guys to check off the box. Like you like guys to look good in preseason because at least it maybe gives you a glimmer of hope that they will perform well in the regular season. But Stetson Ben is another guy. Man, how, how many years did he spend post-high school in the collegiate game, whether at Georgia or junior college or whatever? Significant time has allowed him to mature. And so now maybe the learning process when it comes to the playbook. He has a, you know, how we always bring quarterbacks on and like, hey, man, what's your week look like? Yeah, He has a plan to getting himself ready to play a game at the end of the week. And then for Stetson Bennett, the last two years, he played in several marquee games, several high leverage contests where he had to be at his best to help this team win uh, a national title in back-to-back years. I'm seeing it. And I'm, I'm be honest, with you, I, like, I didn't know, like, what kind of grade you put on Stetson Bennett. Like, I mean... Yeah. What is long-term? But I will say this, he's played really well in the thing. And if Sean McVay is able to take what he's able to do and kind of build around him, like you have a solid backup. I don't know if he'll ever be a long-time starter, but he is definitely 
a solid backup who has kind of proven his worth through the first couple games of the preseason. Yeah, and Stetson Bennett, just like O'Connell, will be 25 in uh, in September. He's somebody who played in 44 games, uh, you know, over four year period of time getting action there. So it, it all adds up. And and to me, if you you talked about Purdy, well, let's go beyond Purdy. Let's look at the year. Remember, we had Dak and Kirk Cousins. Those guys played a ton oh, of college yeah. football. Played a ton think of about college. think about Burrow's age. You know, Burrow haven't been yeah. in college for a while. Uh, five years there. You think about Justin Herbert, four years of experience. Jalen Hurts, four years of experience. Like. It's a thing, man. It's a thing. And I almost think on the on the other side of that, maybe in hindsight, um, the equalizer for Jordan Love, who's playing really well this preseason, is that, okay, maybe he didn't get those two extra years in college on the practice field. He's getting those two extra years in the pros. He's getting him ready to go. He's getting him in the pros. And so we've talked about that when it comes to the registered year in the in the at the NFL level. We're able to sit, learn, and process the game. And even though I understand, like, there's some pros to playing right away. There's something to being a mature player going through the struggles as opposed to being a young, immature player trying to figure out how to handle all of these things. DJ, I'm going to say this. Zach Wilson is benefiting from the fact that he is having a with Aaron Rodgers. This is the best that we've seen Zach Wilson look since he's entered the league. Like, he is confident. He's decisive. He's learning from Aaron Rodgers. And – when the Jets move on from Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers moves on from the Jets in a year or two or whenever, Zach Wilson is going to be a better player for it. They may have a situation where they get a much better player because he's been able to kind of slow the game down, sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and really learn how to play the position. And so there is something to be said for the age and the experience and how that can translate into success at the NFL level. Yeah, with him, I almost think of it's like a, you know, a bike that was assembled wrong. And it's like, okay, well, it's not going to work. Like, it's not assembled properly. So we're going to take the whole bike apart, which they have done now. Aaron Rodgers is in there. You're taking the bike apart. Now, Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that when it's put back together, it's going to work. But we knew on the path it was on, it had no chance of working. So at least you're buying yourself some time, and you've got a chance that this thing could end up working out. Yeah, and I'm going to say this, and I want to put the card ahead head of the horse but i've heard people talk about well there's no way they can keep him after this year and i'm like well why not like why yeah. like why can't you keep him like oh well it'd be silly you don't know if you play you got the fifth year option like we saw what the packers just did the packers just gave us a blueprint on how to do this yeah just do a they new just deal. did a, they just did a new deal with with jordan love where they were able to do it so yes you absolutely can do it and the relationship that aaron Rodgers and zach wilson have kind of cultivated the mentor relationship and all that why would I want to break that up? Yeah, like yeah. I, I think for me, it is a blessing uh, for Zach Wilson that he has been able to kind of step back, learn how to play, and learn how to play from someone that he idolized, that he already has the utmost respect for. He now has a willing ear that maybe he didn't have those first couple of years when he was in New York. Yeah, and I also think in a weird way, you know, one of the issues with Zach was, okay, he lost some credibility by his own doing inside mm-hmm. that room. And – it's almost as if when the four-time MVP, future Hall of Famer, gives you stamps the stamp of approval, he stamps. It's like everybody else in the everybody else in the room, like, hey, Aaron says he's good. We're good. He, we're good. He's good. He, he knows. We're gonna tell Aaron he doesn't know what he's looking at. So he's I good. think that I think that's a big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal, and I think I think it's one of the best things, or whatever. Because without Aaron Rodgers being there, I don't know how Zach Wilson could 
regain his credibility amongst his teammates. That wouldn't happen with like Derek Carr. Like I and I had I had said during the time, like, okay, man, I Derek Carr is younger. He'll be there longer. This Jets team's young. You know, maybe maybe it makes more sense for them to go after somebody like Derek Carr. Now they went after Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously uh, much more accomplished than than Derek Carr. I don't think if Derek Carr came in there, I think that that I I don't know if Zach's still on the team if that if that happens. Well, yeah, I, I think it's a different thing, but because in in whatever way Zach Wilson has always talked about Aaron Rodgers because they've kind of found that thing. I think Aaron Rodgers, like this is a legacy play for him. Not yeah. only the way that he plays, but if he plays well and then is able to pass the baton to Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson plays well, the one thing that people will point to is pre-Aaron, post-Aaron. Before yeah. Aaron, he wasn't this player. After Aaron, he was this player. So Aaron gets the benefit of that. And so when we talk about legacies and we may tell him, oh, he doesn't care about it. Oh, he absolutely does. If he can mm-hmm. leave the Jets in a better place with a better quarterback after he's done, I mean, you just talk about the celebration story. He's, I mean, he's look, he's an icon. They're already ready to eat him up in the Big Apple. If they actually win, you talk about the legacy that he will have. I mean, it's him and Broadway Joe. That's it. Think think about on the other side of that, right? Going back, what if if Brett Favre had taken this approach that Aaron's taken of saying, "Hey, I'm going to play for a couple of years, and then I'm going to my legacy is going to be this Aaron Rodgers kid and how he plays, and I'm going to help him. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be adversarial. I'm not going to be combative. I'm going to take him under my wing. Aaron Rodgers is my guy. I'm going to I'm going to finish my career. Bam, hand it off. Brett Favre would have bragging rights right now of the four MVPs that Aaron Rodgers has hung on his mantle. Instead, Absolutely. it's like Brett Favre's name didn't even come up. It was almost like he did this in spite of Brett. Yeah, so it's it's a way for him to really change some of the narrative about him. I think Aaron is fully aware of the narrative that was surrounding him in terms of being prickly and all that. Yeah. He's done a complete 180 in New York. I mean, you look at Hard Knocks and all that other stuff. He's like the model teammate, the model franchise quarterback, yeah. everything that you want him to be. And so... Zach Wilson benefits from being there. And it goes back to our thing for so long, man, we want to just jump, dump these dudes and just put them out there on the field. They make quick assessments after a year or so they can't play. And look, man, it just takes time. And DJ, we weren't planning to talk about this, but I think the Trey Lance thing is still fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating because uh, just the way the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction. It's, oh, man. I mean, it's like, oh, we got to get him out. We got to get him out the building. We got to boot him. He can't play or whatever. Like, And whether he can or not, to me, I'm like, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you don't get rid of him. Like, he has some salvageable stuff. At least you need to see what it could be because you got to pay him anyway. So yeah. I might as well see if I can develop him. And if an injury, if he does get on the field, we're saying, I mean, who knows? Like, you just, I, I, I don't know. I just think, we on our side right now, we are so quick to like jump off the wagon on and off and on and off. He can't, he can't. It's it's over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think with quarterbacks, we're seeing, particularly with these guys, it takes experience. And because he didn't have a lot of collegiate experience, it's going to take a little longer maybe to see some of that potential that a lot of us thought we saw in him when he was at North Dakota State. Tell me if you agree with this or, or you disagree. But this is my 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 take on that thing, is that Kyle Shanahan – had developed, let's just use the word software, right? He, his offense, mm-hmm. his software. He had mm-hmm. developed his own software. He'd had success with it. Hadn't got to the ultimate finish line, but he's had a lot of success with his software. And then the thought was, okay, in order for us to take the next step, I gotta, I've gotta, I've gotta get some new software. So I've gotta, I've gotta go to a new software program. And so I'm gonna go get Trey Lance. I'm gonna draft him. I'm gonna change how I've done things. I'm gonna build up this whole new software. 
and then and then we'll have we'll see if we can have some success, even more success than we've had. So then Trey gets hurt. Trey didn't get a chance, didn't play much. He didn't play great. And so then he has to take this other quarterback in Brock Purdy, and he goes, you know what? Let's just run the old software. And Brock Purdy mm-hmm. gets out there, and they're having success. And then Kyle Shanahan's going like, why the heck do I want to keep working on developing this new software? My old software works fine, and this guy knows how to operate it. So sorry, it's almost kind of like, sorry, Trey. Like The whole program we were going to go down to help develop and cater things towards you, that's out. Because this other guy can do my thing that I've already done and installed. He can already run that. So it almost leaves Trey kind of – I'm not saying he got screwed. I'm just saying he's just kind of uh, out of it a little bit. At least, at least it does leave him in a lurch. And, DJ, what I what I wonder about with Trey and those things, um, yeah, like, like Shanahan clearly likes what he's gotten from Brock Purdy. I'll say this because Brock Purdy's been great. Uh, we still need to see more because he's only played like nine starts in those things to see about that. You talk about old software, new software or whatever. But what is the ceiling on the Niners with Purdy there? I know they got to the championship game last year. I think this year will really go a long way to determining whether hey man, we can stay the course with the old software or maybe mm-hmm. we do need to reboot and see if we can have some new software because mm-hmm. they've been there for a while. But it's it's kind of time like there's a lot of pressure that's beginning to escalate on San Francisco to win it all. They've been to the Super Bowl and all that, but I mean, at some point you have to win it because that's what that's what the standard is out there. Yeah, I mean, I just look at San Francisco and I, okay, if you look at the three elements, right? If you look at the play caller, the, the, the skill players and the quarterback, if we just break it up that way, you'd be like, okay, play caller is a 10 out of 10. The players around him at the skill positions are a nine out of 10. Like they don't need, they don't need a 10 quarterback. They, they need a six or a seven quarterback. And they're mm-hmm. going to be able to score a bunch of points because of all the other st- those other two things they have in place. My thing is, you know, look, you're in the NFC is probably a good thing because if you got to run the gauntlet in the AFC, you're going to see some other teams that have a pretty good play caller. Maybe he's an eight or a nine. They have skill players that are maybe an eight or a nine, and they've got a ten quarterback. Like he doesn't have to run through those ten. He's got he's got hurts. Like that's who he's got to get through in the NFC. And Hertz is a, Hertz is a, maybe a nine. You might have Philly might be a nine all the way down the board. Like that. That's why Philly's a you know as I think is the favorite there because I think I still take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. Oh, I think I mean I look man. I, you didn't get much of a debate from me. No, on I mean, that. that's that's what I'm but saying though. But I mean, like, doesn't that change your thinking a little bit if you're San Francisco saying, okay, I don't need that. I, I look if I look at my road, I have to travel. I'd love to have a nine or a ten. I don't need a nine or a ten. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that, and it's about. Hey, what can what do we need? What do we need to win? What what we we're facing? Like what do we need? And so you're right. They don't need that if they have all the other weapons in place. The only thing I'm worried about, we always talk about the quarterback. Man, sometimes you get in those games, DJ, where the other stuff isn't clicking like you want it yeah. to. Uh the Pat Mahomes type deal. And hey man, we need you to save us. And so just mm-hmm. that part of it, it just makes your your margin for error slimmer than some of the other teams that have some of these five-star quarterbacks in place. Yeah, well, it's it'll be interesting to see how it all goes there. Hopefully Brock Purdy stays healthy and uh, we get a chance to watch a really fun offense there in San Francisco. Uh, all right, next thing here, Buck, and last thing on the agenda. I was looking, um, you know, watching some preseason games and then the games I was at and and just kind of paying attention to some of these wideouts that have popped a little bit. 
And I thought, man, there's a little bit of a theme. If you look at some guys at training camp tour and then also what we've seen in the preseason, you've seen guys like Calvin Austin play well. Tutu Atwell's had a good camp with the Rams. Uh, Tank Dell has been awesome uh, for Houston in his first NFL action. Uh, you know, Rondell Moore is another is another guy. Um, I saw Darius Davis take one to the crib on, you know, for the Chargers mm -hmm. on, on a punt return. And, and so I started looking at it and I'm like, man, over the last couple of years, I'm just going to do a little search on wideouts mm -hmm. that were under 510 under 190 pounds just in the last two years and you start seeing you know let's see you've got calvin austin who i just mentioned darius davis who i mentioned uh, tank dell we talked about josh downs your your tar heel mm -hmm. uh zay flowers who's been awesome by all accounts uh with the ravens like there there's a good chunk of guys that don't fit the historical norm or the standard that you're looking for in wideouts um and in the past we've talked a lot about play strength being underrated for wideouts and has been a big indicator of how they're going to transition to the next level. But it seems like maybe it's just this camp, but it seems like what I've been seeing, what I've been reading, these little guys have popped a little bit. And I'm curious to see if this, if this, you know, gets into the regular season, if we don't open up some doors here for some of these undersized receivers. Yeah, we may open up doors. Uh, the immediate thing that stands out to me when I look at that list, uh, size and speed ratio, like they may be small, mm -hmm. but they can fly. The other thing that stands out, I think all those guys were pretty accomplished as returners. And so, yeah. DJ, you talk about playing strength and contact balance. Well, if you are a high-end returner, you always have to have those things in display. One of the things why uh, Coach Hong and Bill Walsh always like punt returners is because there's an innate, an innate level of toughness that these guys possess. you got to have some fearlessness to go back there and catch punts and deal with all that. The other thing is you're pretty good at running after the catch because you're used to kind of maneuvering in traffic. So all of these little guys are strong. They're tough. They're fearless. They're able to do it. The number one thing that has always kind of prevented the league from falling in love with these little guys are how do they handle contact? How do they handle the big corners that want to maul and mash them on the perimeter? Some of the league rules, though, have made it where, look, they don't have to face some of the stuff that they used to have to face in terms of guys putting their hands on them and mugging them. Some of the creativity from your offensive coordinators where you're motioning them and putting them in stack and bunch formations to help them elude some of that physicality at the line of scrimmage. I think people are doing more to help these guys get loose and the success of other lighter guys. Devontae Smith having a thousand yards. Like yeah. Chris Olave wasn't Marquis like Brown fits. Brown, fits yeah, like, back, like, you know? like so so you have some guys who have slender bills who've had success. And once you start seeing guys have success, um, you're more apt to give other guys chances. And I think that's what we could be seeing as these young, these small guys begin to kind of make their mark in the preseason. But I talked about fantasy a little bit earlier. I took Tank Dell uh, in that league too, uh, dude. At some point in time, like you, you just got to ask yourself, like, what, what, what am I waiting for here to commit on somebody like this? Because they couldn't cover him in college. You look at him at All Star Game, no, no chance. Um, you saw, you know, the workout how he how he moves around, and then you get out to the preseason. You hear in camp nobody can cover him. In joint practices nobody can cover him. In the preseason games nobody. Can. I'm like, okay, at what point in time do we say well, I don't care how small this guy is? Nobody can cover this guy. Yeah, no one can cover him. And then it's your job as a coaching staff to continue to create opportunities for him to get free, so he can do what he does really well. He's fantastic with the ball in his hands. He has because we've seen some of those clips circulate on social Ooh. media about what he's been able to do and practice his joint, like all of it. Like he gets busy. And so his ability to get open and create separation uh, for a guy like CJ Stroud, because they, you know, word on the street, they said CJ Stroud really liked Tank Dale, really wanted him. And so that connection 
between those guys could give them a nice foundation to start building their passing game. Uh, no doubt. Well, again, something to look at. It. The, the takeaways from today's episode, uh, age and experience with quarterbacks and and maybe size on the wideouts. Maybe, you know, hey, maybe this is a little bit of a, a turn here. Maybe we get a chance to see some smaller players get more opportunities and, and see what they can do. Um, that was a fun one today, Buck. Anything you want to add before we jump out of here? No, I mean, this part is always fun. DJ's fun because you get a chance to see like that, that those college evaluations pop. And then we get to talk about the trends and all the other stuff. So that's the fun part of team building for me. No doubt. Um, all right. This has been a good one. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Would encourage you, if you can, uh, leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate those uh, if you get a moment. And we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.